Yeah, I, I, I literally, it was one of those things, and what did it do to your bodily essences, pal? Exactly. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty wild, and if that was the best shot from the Antis uh, camp, um, I think this thing may be cruising to a win in the fall. Um, the, the big concern is whether or not um, it makes any difference. Because? And the reason, yeah. and the reason for that is, is that... Um, United States is signatory to the single convention on narcotic drugs yep. that they signed initially in 1961, then renewed in 74 and 88. And that makes it illegal for any province or state of any signatory nation to legalize a Schedule One substance like marijuana. Right, right. And it is a so, Schedule One. You know, they made it just as dangerous as heroin, cocaine, belladonna, and strychnine, whatever it is. It's, it's top, it's, you know, it's, it's big league bad as far as they're concerned. Exactly, and so and so the thing is, is that what it may do is it may stop this kind of silly drug war on marijuana. Which, uh, honestly, I mean, I don't think there's anyone um, who's not directly making money from the drug war who thinks that it's any kind of success. Um, so what I'm hoping is, if it doesn't really succeed in legalizing it, at least it'll stop people from being, you know, put in jail for uh, for a plant that we've been using for 5,000 years. Well, Mike, uh, Obama, a few months ago, told the DEA busting medical marijuana facilities is the bottom priority. He said that specifically. He said you've got a lot more important things to do. So the heat may not be on, particularly if, if the whole West Coast, uh, you know, legalizes marijuana on a state level. It's, it's definitely sending a huge message. I mean, we're a lot of Democratic electors. If you think about it, you know. Yeah, and, and I mean, I mean, I think that I mean, I I think that the the drug war is running out of steam. I mean, when you've got a county sheriff basically, you know, <laughs> talking about polluting the divinity of the human mind as being the primary argument for keeping marijuana illegal, and you know, the the problem with keeping marijuana illegal is a lot of people have tried marijuana, and and they know that it's a it's a it's a non toxic plant. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that it doesn't it shouldn't be used with intelligence and respect. But uh, in comparison to a lot of plants that our society has made legal, um, it's uh, it's pretty innocuous. So my hope is is that uh, the drug war is finally running out of speed. Well, you know, it, one of the things that, that will make it less and less toxic is the ability to know that when you go into a medical marijuana dispensing clinic that you're getting the real thing and that it's pure. And in our next interview, we're going to talk about some of the signal work that you're doing to make that happen. Thank you, Mike Backus. We'll be back with you soon. Fly Maggot will spoil you. U.S. Maggot Airways announces their summer surprise spoiler. Ground round trips. On Maggot, you'll get reaccommodated to places you never knew existed with nice folks way too big for their seats. And yours. Safe? Here's U.S. Maggot Senior Co-Pilot Captain Hartsfield Jackson. Well, once I got a pack of mice up my twin carbs, so well, sir, the bad news was I crashed the plane, but the good news was the mice were dead. That's right. Cleanliness may be next to godliness, but we're all mortals here at U.S. Maggot. And remember, leave your luggage at home. You'll just be charged twice when we lose it. U.S. Maggot, you're more than rotten meat to us. 
Talking Points Memo tells us that an ideologically split Supreme Court ruled that a law school can legally deny recognition to a Christian student group that won't let gays join, with one justice saying that the First Amendment does not require a public university to validate or support the group's discriminatory practices. And I cheer them on. Yes, it is an ideologically split court. Must have been somebody like Kennedy probably, you know, tipped the balance. The court turned away an appeal from the Christian Legal Society, which sued to get funding and recognition from the University of California's Hastings School of the Law. The CLS requires that voting members sign a statement of faith and regards, quote, unrepentant participation in or advocacy of a sexually immoral lifestyle as being inconsistent with that faith. And these homophobic bigots are going to be lawyers, shudder, Shudder. But Hastings, which is in San Francisco, said no recognized campus groups may exclude people due to religious belief or sexual orientation. Yeah, it's called modern life. The court, on a 5-4 to four judgment, upheld the lower court ruling, saying the Christian group's First Amendment rights of association, free speech, and free exercise were not violated by the college's non-discrimination policy. And the decision is a large setback for the Christian Legal Society, which has chapters in universities nationwide and has won similar lawsuits in other courts. Quote, all college students, including religious students, should have the right to form groups around shared beliefs without being banished from campus, said Kim Colby, senior counsel at the Christian Legal Society's Center for Law and Religious Freedom. Hey, Kim. You can form all the groups you want as long as you don't require the university to sponsor their discriminatory policies. Don't they get it? The spirit and genius of American law from the get-go has been to separate church and state to keep the haters at bay. If you want to conspire against sexually immoral lifestyles, go find your own dark hole off campus. That's how dumb we were. Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's vacation, 1955, going into six, standing at the bar at Basin Street, sipping my Coca-Cola like it was a drink, talking to these two young cats from Bed-Stuy, Hines and Holmes, who sat in back of each other in class. They told me that they were told that they were dumb. I said, gee, I was told I was Dumb, too. I said, hey, let's be dumb together. Now, how dumb were we? Listening to jazz, the Max Roach, Clifford Brown Quintet, talking to each other. That's how dumb we were. CNN tells us that the experts expected home sales to drop once the home buyer tax credit lapsed at the end of April. But the depth of the decrease was shocking. According to the National Association of Realtors, pending home sales fell by a whopping 30% in May. Their index, which measures signed sales contracts, plunged to 77.6 from 110.9 in April. It's even off 15.9% from a year ago when the nation was barely emerging from the recession. Were we really emerging from the recession? I hadn't noticed. The pending home sales report is a disaster, says Mike Larson, a real estate analysis for Weiss Research. Sales fell off a cliff after the tax credit expired. Yeah, and remember, 
It was 41 cold-hearted senators just nixed an extension of that tax credit along with abandoning a million and a half unemployed. They left town for their 4th of July parties and left the unemployed to kind of figure it out on their own. Hard-hearted sons of bitches. It's the biggest monthly decline. This is housing contracts ever. And the index is at its lowest level since NAR began tracking it in 2001. Lawrence Yun, NAR's chief economist, downplayed the damage a bit. He said, if jobs come back as expected, yeah, as expected, thanks there, Larry, the pace of home sales should pick up later this year and such a sustainable level of activity, given very favorable affordable conditions, could happen. Hey, who's this guy's medical marijuana dealer? I'd like some of that rosy glasses weed for all those dark moods this structurally shattered economy has been inducing in me. Well, we're not creating jobs, continued Mike Larson. Remember, he's the housing analyst. The housing problems now are being driven by broad economic problems. The question is when or if the job market will ever bounce back. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Well, this is the end of one rotation of Oz, but just like Petraeus, we're going to be sent back from another. We're there, you know, every day. But before we leave the field of battle or whatever, let's tangulate us a bit. Yeah, this isn't one of their battle poems. You know, these Tang poets were were really sad about the wars that were going on around them. But this is one called Indulgence. Mm. Absorbed in my wine, I didn't notice the twilight. My clothes were covered with fallen petals. Drunk, I rose up and trailed the moon in the quiet creek. Birds gone, people few. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Lipo, he loved his uh, he loved his evening cup. Yeah, and we love our Radio Free Oz, and we love our Oz team that makes it all possible. I'm Peter Bergman, your host. My co-host, David Osman. Phil Fountain makes it beautiful. Tom Gadrillo keeps the website going. Chaz Glass keeps us financially fine. Dave Maloney does the wonderful recording. Bill McIntyre produces it. And Scott Wilde keeps us in touch with the world of social media. Catch you on the other side.